A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the creep dive. It's been a, it's been a week. It has been a week it's, and a and day a week. because it's going to go out tomorrow. Oh no, it went out last Saturday, I think. Um, what a week! You were just telling us about that poor little baby whale. Yep, dead. Um, so dead w- in the Liffey. How did a whale get into the Liffey? Well, it was unwell to be there in the first place, so it was likely Un- that it was going whale. to die. Huh. Well, oh. there's quite stretch, it's tenuous. But like what happens to dead? I presume they're going to go in, harpoon it and drag it somewhere. Oh God, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't say we're equipped to deal with the dead whale. I'd say they could just drag it out back out to sea and let it sort of fester there. They're hardly going to bring it out of the That's water. That's very sad. Does that not make you feel worried about the world? Like is something happening with the environment and the globe that we've... No, that no, whales no. whales landing in the Liffey? Possibly, but no, this happens very occasionally. Fake news, Cassie. All right, okay. <laughs> climate change isn't real. We should creep on it. <laughs> Wait now. Wait. Not true. Um, what else happened this week? Any creep of the week? That guy's back in the news. You know that fucking arsehole pedo who faked the pedo ring. Do you remember? That was yeah, a creep, he was of, the a creep of the week. Few, week. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Whole, no, 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 no. He was like more of a micro creep than uh, Jeffrey. Oh, yes, 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 the guy, yes, who, yes, the guy who just uh, faked it all. Faked loads of Let me uh, get his name. British uh, members of parliament and stuff, wasn't it? It's well worth uh, an actual, if you find yourself needed, Carl Beach. Absolute arsehole. Oh my god, I'm just I'm absolutely going after my own feet here Go in like it. a seriously creepy way. I'm on brand. Please continue. Fucking, what is the itch about? So it's been a, a storm. Oh, what? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um the creepy of the week I was gonna say, is anyone watching the circle? Uh, yeah, I've, I'm dipping in and out of it. No, Richard Med- Medley is obviously very creepy. Med- yeah, Medley. 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 How, what is his name? From Richard, Richard and Judy. Judy is on Do you remember the her tits that time? No. 
You do. She, you you do. fucking do. She was presenting some out. crappy no. award television show. No. And her breasts exploded out of her shirt. And I think and was, he was like he was piling like them back in or something. No. It was amazing. Yeah, it did happen. Oh my God. This is going to This is. So the circle is like a reality show of catfishing. Like, it, have you heard of it at all, Jen? It's, heard uh, of. Don't know I think anything. it's on its second series. Um, Davina? She got anything to do with it? I know that no, Alice... Uh, Emma Willis presents it now. Oh, oh yeah. Right, yeah. And it's like, they're supposed to kind of... She's like the... Contestants the are supposed to catfish TK Max each version. other. <gasps> Sorry, I'm just watching Judy's tits. Um, <laughs> yes. Sorry, I closed it there because I didn't want to see it. No, I want to see it again. Should I turn around to me? It's really unfortunate. I mean, they're... It's just she's doing one of those outfits with the blazer closing over the the like you know the, the, the there's nothing on under the blazer it's about blazer's supposed to be closed Judy and the bra is supposed to be like a decent bra not like your kind of grubby white M&S bra <laughs> you're keepy uppy from keepy uppy the keepy uppy well, anyway, I just thought I should alert our creeps and creepettes to the very existence of the circle because it just seems like something we'd all get have a you, lot out of. Did you do an episode? No, I'm going to. I'm on. I have, I'm on it now. I'm excited. I see. I started. Well, I did. I, I, it's a funny concept. It makes me feel a bit anxious because yeah, they're all lying like to it. each other. And do in they know real time that they're supposed to They know to be. that they could be anyone. Okay, but there's like people that's the having kind of tagline. Really, the circle, Let me guess who anyone. Richard's pretending to be. A good looking girl in her 20s. <laughs> Called. Uh, is he? Mm-hmm. Called. Judy. Fuck off. <laughs> He's a really, he actually is a No, creep, but see, isn't Richard, isn't, Richard isn't a contestant. Richard has been brought into it and told the public voted on who he was going to be. So he's either going to be this young surfer called Richard or this young girl called Judy. And he's been given tasks. Like he has to offend everyone. Yeah, which I think he was doing naturally. I mean, like just just more of the same from Richard, and it's so weirdly like kind like Zoe Ball's son is on it, right? Like they're kind of like fame adjacent people. Yes, 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 yes. So like Zoe Ball's son Woody is on it, and he's flirting with Judy, and all I think is like Richard. Richard is probably friends with Zoe Ball or like they're at least acquainted. Oh, What's there's the cube? Like, there's six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever going on between all of these people, you know? Where's the cube? The circle. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Fucking hell. Oh, I think the whole because they have screens and I think it's just like I don't know what the, the significance of the circle is. Well, I'll tell I you enjoying it sounds shite. But I what have some saying? good I have some good um, Goss on someone who is well known in Ireland who's going in and I'm not allowed to say who it is because I swore that I wouldn't even By say that I knew By the time this comes no, out No because right. I don't know when they're going in Like uh, when you're saying exciting No it's just that they're Irish and I recognise them Okay So, so well, I was like oh gossip Oh bet you I know No, you is. can't even pass it on No They're mouthing things It's Pippa Middleton Sorry Oh my O'Connor. god Jen What is it Pippa Middleton Pippa Middleton, yeah, that's my gosh. Oh, Just think of all the influencers she works. She's with. the only one I definitely know is an Irish. No, influencer. I don't. I don't. Pippa she doesn't want to play Pippa this O'Connor. game. O'Connor. <laughs> she's a listener. She loves this shit. She's not listening now because they've taken her phone off her because she's going into the circle. Oh. No, that's libelous. We're not allowed to say that what? kind of stuff. What? That she's a listener of the creep dive? That she's going into the circle on Channel Four. Joe, it's the people you least suspect. Do you always. know that's something she should. 
No, no, it's for the creep dive. It's the people you suspect. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, no, definitely a listener. <laughs> well, you know, hands down your pants. Listen, you, you listen. Um, mine is down my pants. That's for legitimate medicinal purposes. Because of your powers, I need to feverishly like masturbate the, at all times. <laughs> the hands down the pants. The only people are the patrons. Um, Welcome back. Thanks for all your patronage. If you fancy giving some patronage, please do. Patreon.com for slash creep dive. It's the price of a moderately priced cup of coffee. You could actually set. I think you can. You set the amount. You can set your own amount. Some people are very generous. Yeah, they're mm. the they're like they're really hands down the pantsy. Right. Don't feel any limits <laughs> with the reach either down your pants or into your wallet. Do you think there's like a podcast masturbator out there who just likes this rather than S- ASMR, ASMR yeah. it's sort of a horn for listening to ladies. Do you really think someone's getting off on like these dulcet tones? I think sometimes when we talk about fucking dolphins and shit. <laughs> And like I the dicks of animals. I bet you say it's you know, deeply offensive to say. Kind of confused. You just know? getting a bit like, oh, must remember oh. to rub myself Are off you later. saying that some of our lovely committed listeners are probably getting aroused off you talking about fucking dolphins? Yeah. I would say Confidently I am saying that. <laughs> we just lost two patrons. <laughs> anyway, this is not live. Uh, welcome that back. because they are not comfortable with their sexuality yet and that's fine too. Well look, there's, we welcome there's, everyone. A, there's a space for everyone in the in between. So what are you, what do you have? I've got an uh, ye oldie. Okay. Vicious. Okay. Femme. Queen of the creeps, can I just say? What I've read, it's actually disturbing me. <gasps> oh my me. god! I actually, I have a guess at who you're doing. Well, uh, don't ruin it. Okay. No, there's no ruin. You Joan just know Navarre. or you don't know. What do you? What is your guess? Well, just when you said vicious, she typhoid Mary. No. <gasps> okay, because I love that gal. She's, she's not vicious. She's just determined crack. to cook determined. everyone dinner. <laughs> That's what? what's going on with her. Typhoid Mary. She kept she, cooking. Like, she was a she, she, she was t- Irish. She was Irish, and she just spread typhoid continuously to everybody. And they sourced it, the reason. Anyway. She was like patient zero of like an outbreak that got, yeah. like robbed innocent lives. And they kept finding her out. And they, kept they were like, "You're back in the fuck. You're working as a chef again. We told you, Mary. <laughs> There's like one job you cannot do here, Mary. Literally, that. It's this. But she was so refused to wash her hands. They even were like, do you know, if you just if you washed just your wash hands, <laughs> if you washed your hands, if you really can't stop." Wear gloves, wash your hands. She did, wouldn't do it. No, no, yeah. There, there she was, was like kneading that typhoid into their bread. <laughs> like really, with every sort of ty- like coughing into it, everything. But the thing about typhoid Mary was she was a carrier of typhoid, but she was immune herself. So Right, okay. She could she never had it, but she just was the She was like the typhoid like the monkey in outbreak. She was okay. like those people on Twitter who are like, it didn't happen. You know, she, yeah. she'd never experienced yeah. typhoid. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. She just like didn't typhoid, happen. A typhoid Doesn't denier. Happen. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've got a ELD. I've got a recent quite dark. <clears throat> I have a kind of longy twists and turns one that I haven't finished writing. So it's just going to get to a point where I go off the cuff. Can I like, go first? Can I, can I give you some editorial feedback, Cass? We just asked these people for money. You've just announced that you didn't bother doing your homework. No, I homework did. Homework that you are now being homework. handsomely paid for. 
I did my homework. So it's just lazy. Just because you're pretending to do yours all the time. Oh. And then like ad-libbing loads of it. <laughs> I know. I've gone back and researched I see story. what I do <laughs> is I read. I think our, our approaches are probably different. I read everything I can find about it. And then I sit down and I write mm. three, four thousand words on it. And I just haven't done that. Finished <laughs> the done. writing. Because I've, oh, I'm okay. quite under. Okay. But I, I've two thousand words on it. Come on, Sophie. Like her, yeah, give Cassie's me a break, are Sophie. Intense. And we've got three live <laughs> shows coming up. And time heavy as well, Cassie's stuff. <laughs> she likes the numbers. I've just, I'm just still in the circle, enjoying a list of uh, people who are taking part and what they are playing. <sighs> Okay. They all really are so boring. They all play themselves, but younger. They just knock 10 years off their age. Guys, we've got to get back to the creep here. This okay. circle business. Okay. It's not creepy A waste enough. of time, actually. They I didn't mean, okay. come Stop. here and generously I'm doing, enjoying one called Shan Owen. Oh, who's play, she's, she's really hot and her hotness is like a barrier for her socially because she just believes that people only want to talk to her because she's really hot and that they hey, never that get happens. to know her yeah that's so my she's life. playing herself so hard but a quote plain jane version of herself wow that's what i've been doing for the last 10 years which is <laughs> <laughs> and the oscar goes to thank you john Okay, take us away. Ready? I have Fado, the buzz. Fado, Fado. This is Fado. Okay. Uh, here's my BuzzFeed headline. Okay. How many words? Okay, <laughs> Wait, I'm, I, on, I'm on, I'm guessing 14 words in this headline. Oh, no, I'm going to go for 38. 30. Shit, I, I just can't ever get this right. Hang on. All right. Okay. The girl who laughed... As a man got sewed into the body of a horse. <laughs> I actually was bang on the 14. <laughs> Boom. What do you think though? That's okay. Good. Does that tickle your fancy? That no, Jen, it's just still, I don't think what a headline's supposed to do. Anyway, well, look, who she cares? doesn't bury the lead anyway. I'm that's... talking Elizabeth Bathory, otherwise known as the Blood Countess. So this woman. <gasps> okay, so let's just talk headlines for a minute, right? <sighs> the Blood Countess. For example, would, would have be been a it. reasonable headline. It just wasn't like good enough. <laughs> okay, so you went with the girl who, who laughed, laughed. <laughs> and but she says it quicker as she gets further into the. Okay, headline. look, I lot to get through here. Okay, right? let's go. Okay, okay. She is considered to be the world's m- most worst female killer. Mm. Female serial killer ever. <gasps> so the legend has it. Which, it's such a long time ago, it's impossible to say accurately, but it looks like she might have killed as many as 650 young women and girls. Whoa. Whoa. She only killed women and girls. Wow. So, are we going to talk about most worst or just going to... We're just going to let that hang. (laughs) Okay. 600 though, that's really blown most worst right out of the water. So the year... Who has the time? Of her birth. (laughs) Jesus. 1560. 15th, okay. Okay, so we've she's gone like right kind of, back. We're right like she's back. a renaissance bitch. Oh, it's so evil. Or some of shit, right? renaissance. <laughs> Look, Depending. Are, are you going to let me tell the story? Or am I going to have to sew your lips closed as Elizabeth did? I have to some many craft her, supplies here. Her <laughs> pity your... Gazzy will crochet them closed. That Absolutely. would just take so much time. Okay. 
Um, born 1560 to one of the most powerful Protestant families in Hungary at the time. She was from a humongously powerful family. And age 10, she married a her 15-year-old. Hmm. Yes, twas the twas the time. Uh, another from a really, really wealthy family. So it's the equivalent of... Was he her cousin? He was not her cousin, but her parents were cousins. So she was quite unwell. Oh... Because her parents were cousins. But she was said to be very, very beautiful. But as one historian pointed out, like when you're painting this evil bitch's painting, you're going to make her gorgeous. Yeah. She's just going to eat your face otherwise. She did that too. Whoa. Um, So she suffered from seizures as a child and uh, fits of rage, they say. She also witnessed, sorry, I shouldn't laugh, this is terrible, but she witnessed the brutal punishments handed out by her family's officers on their estate, including one of a thief who was sewn into the belly of a dying horse and left to die. And apparently she laughed. So I think her family at that point, it's Sorry, seems, my face is just frozen in a grimace. That's so, that's How did so the thief renaissance. Die? So he the that's horse so raven. That's the, I I don't know. It said that the horse was dying, so it would have been dying if you tried to sew a man into him. But so, then the thief died. Well, the thing is, you'd probably just leave the just thief sewed to him as the horse clopped on slowly to death. Oh, and you'd my just be God. hanging out of his belly. Oh no! Yeah, desperate. Um, so or hilarious if you're Elizabeth. So her husband was sort of a a fifteen year old chief, boy, a fifteen year old boy, but ended up in the army. There, it was really high up in the army. Also, had a taste for the sort of sadistic, Jesus. incredibly sadistic ways that they treated their slaves. Now, slave servants. So servants at the time were always treated poorly, but the extent to which Elizabeth took things was amazingly bad. So she would push knitting or sewing needles up under the fingernails of her girl servants. She. Oh, my God. Yeah. Could you imagine how sore that would be? When, when they said when she, she was like, OK, I'll take them out now. She would bring their hand over to the block to take them out. And then she would just cut off the tip of their finger. Oh. And it was at one of these at one of these times that the blood obviously spurted out and then onto Elizabeth's hand. Right. Yeah. She's got a taste for it. Well, yeah. She she decided then that her hand looked a bit rejuvenated <laughs> after no. this. And so rumour has it she was starting to bleed her servants into baths and things. Oh, like my God. In the baths. The blood of virgins. Uh, yeah. I just like, just she, even on a kind of an actual, the actual experience level, mm. like just doesn't appeal. Sitting in the blood of someone else. She was a sick fuck. (laughs) Okay, fair. Um, There was loads of kind of weirdly sexual kind of stories about it as well. It sounds like very sadomasochistic. Right. And during the kind of early stage, this lady went on to have four children. And from what we can tell from what was written about the time, she seemingly was a good mother. But I think at that time, mothering... You wouldn't have done a lot of it. Like she had a wet nurse Loads for each of, servants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of her children, and they they were just sort of taken away. So I don't know how much she could have affected them. Hopefully not. But the story goes, she was a good mother. 
it's so disturbing. So she had in her in one of her rooms, she had many castles around Hungary and Slovakia, and she sort of had these traveling chambers of torture. misery that she oh, brought Jesus. with her. Like she also, I think it was some of the earliest torture things were found in their castles. Like you know the old one with you get into sort of a standing wooden coffin and these swords sort of come at you as it's oh. turned. The weirdest part of this that I could find was she had this kind of um, servant, the only man servant she ever had was this kind of, it, they just, he's described as being really deformed, very small man that she allowed as her servant. So she would involve this guy in the torture of the girls. So she would have one of the girls being squeezed into this piercing box of misery and then the small man deformed man would be shouting these sexual things at the girl while she was dying there was a whole horrific oh my so face is just in a frozen basically <laughs> basically there were people dying all over the shop right and these this was the most powerful family I mean there was no police getting involved at this point but and the, was she still kind of in her teens 20s so she would have yeah like everyone sort of died like her husband died in her fo- in his 40s and that's when her she really ramped up the torture like oh God. yeah so people the girls were just dying hand over foot this is a really disturbing thing she did as well it was Hungary or Slovakia so it was fucking freezing oh yeah in this winter time so she got like three or four there's a painting with this she got three or four young girls nude out in the snow and she sat kind of draped in loads of blankets and things and she sat in the painting with a few men to her side and they're throwing buckets of ice water on the girls no and the girls are freezing <gasps> to oh my god and dying just like real time freezing they're all eating and drinking and laughing in the photo in the painting of this event it's fucking wild my god so she was heaving through all the females in the villages right the reason that you might send your daughter to the castles as well is because you sort of got a dowry for them oh yes of course so all the poor families and if the queen asks you for something you can't really say no so she, the problem was she'd sort of killed everyone. And uh, yeah, the bodies were stacking up. And there was only one person at this time who sort of decided like, I'm going to get involved here and try and put a stop to it. And that was the priest. So it sounds like she was still giving these la- these girls uh, sort, of, sort of funeral rites because right. he was being called to the castle constantly to give, to kind of do the whole funeral business with dead people. So he was oh like... Oh my God. And he's like, I can't this keep is, up. Yeah, there's a report Elizabeth. of him going in and there's half a body burnt in the fire. <gasps> there's another girl dead in the corner. There's oh a bath full of blood in one of the rooms. And he's like, I actually can't take this anymore. Oh so he gosh. writes a letter in sort of ye olde English. Well, it's translated into ye olde English. And it's sort of not outright accusing her, but a suggestion that it's an abnormal amount of bad, and he says in the letter, I would say it's an abnormal amount of dead deaths. bodies to have around. Yeah. yeah, he says in the letter that if we exhumed any of these bodies, because it was basically, I can't remember what the main reason that you might die. Probably something like typhoid or esque, some respiratory disease would have been killing everyone. You yeah. Know? So she, Elizabeth, was just like, oh, another one bites the dust, you know. It's the typhoid again. And the priest wrote in to say pretty much, uh, listen, if we exhumed any of these bodies, we can tell how they had been killed. 
Mm-hmm. Like there was bodies with 400 stab wounds, oh obviously God. missing fingertips. She fucking, she's a horrible bitch. <laughs> sorry to say it. But I'm she was uh, one of her servants. Sorry to say it about one of our own. And she I just, don't want to be taking down other yeah. women. This is like on, women any, on any old women, Tuesday, right? She just go down. Den. This is not on. Into like the washing clothes rooms and they'd be there Gertrude doing her ironing. And out of nowhere, without even a rage beforehand, the report just says she just lifted up the iron and s- stuck it to your one's face. <gasps> what? That is just so psychotic. Uh, it's incredible. Oh my so God. Th- some of the girls that the priest had seen were missing arms and mostly eyes. Oh my God. And then, like I said, one in the fireplace, not totally burnt. Ah, Jen. Oh Jen. my God. So Jesus. basically. But sure, if I was there and I was a servant, I'd probably just get myself up and walk into the fire. Well, you see, I would. It, it sounds like a terrifying, yeah. what a time to be alive. So <laughs> that was going on. And basically what happened was she'd run out of bodies, uh, girls. She'd kind of pillaged all the neighbourhoods. It's like she was in charge of loads of villages, hundreds of villages, and yeah. she'd taken all of their ladies. So she was like, need more women. Where am I going to get these women? And she decided also to make a few pennies that she would set up like a school for girls in oh, the castle. No. no. But crucially, what she did was she kind of marketed it to the sort of elite wealthy families. families. Right. But stupidly then neglected to think that they would come looking for their daughters, for their daughters and may not be pawned off as easily because considering their wealth and whatever else. So anyway, she started killing these viewers. And of course, this rumbled an investigation. So the investigation was held by. So her husband had died at this point. His best friend had vowed to kind of look after Elizabeth after your man died and mm-hmm. but he also happened to be but he heading was too scared to go near her <laughs> he also happened to be heading up this investigation into her so he was the one that sort of blew the whistle on her and she there was like a trial and there was witnesses so there was uh, over a hundred witnesses, which were servants that she hadn't killed. Oh, thank God! So, like the telling all the things that we now know, and uh, Elizabeth luckily then was sentenced to be home imprisoned. So she was bricked up in a room in one of her castles and fed through to slaughter things, and then she had a chamber pot and she just fucked that out the window. Oh my god. And so god. she survived for four years in there. Oh my god. Yeah. And so one day someone just found her face down her own shite there and she was dead. Oh my god. Four years god. later. So it's mad. Like Thank the stories fuck. obviously there is a suggestion that the blood baths may not have happened. But that seems to be linked to Dracula. The writing kind of, of Dracula. Oh my god, anyway. so creepy though. She, oh my god. She was nonetheless a terrifying, horrible girl. But during the time that she was investigated as well, she your man called her family to do like a bit of background research. Oh yeah. And they were not defending her. They so they all like, fucking knew. She's a fucking scary bitch. Keep her yeah. away from us. Yeah. That's why they married her off at ten. Probably. Well no, they married them all off at ten. Yeah. The the fan art 
Oh, let's yes. Elizabeth yeah, Battery has. Um, did you did you find inspired. that painting though? I thought that yes. was the most disturbing thing. I went and looked at the painting of the um, the the horrible freezing, which mm. is just one of oh, like what does it take to think of? Do you know that? what I think? Boredom. What people do without televisions is just <laughs> Jennifer dangerous. Dangerous. Are you still? Wait, I just that think like me. No, no, I, I have ju- a computer. I watch no, no. TV on the internet a like phone. a normal person. <laughs> what I mean like is all that extra time. Oh, yeah, the like, devil makes work for idle hands. You'd hammered through That's your life. That's why Cassie and I and our crafting, <laughs> our souls are pure, Jennifer. Um, now, I couldn't a have lot time of the fan for with all the macrame I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a lot of the fan artists have uh, dwelt on the bathing ritual mm. yeah uh here is quite a hideous one. Oh yeah of i only realized what that was what is that after, it's a it's a body hanging upside oh, down dripping into the uh, bath dripping into oh, her blood. bath they all depict her with a jazz rack well that's it they always oh, they this all. one is called cocktail hour and it's Mrs. in the bloodbath with the old poor slave just kind of obediently bleeding into it. Well, that's totally it. incorrect because they and are the men. all enjoying... She has no interest in men. They're women, babes. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you think that one? No, that's a girl. Her hair is just kind of plaited. There's another one of her enjoying her little bath with the head of a woman spine still attached yeah I mean what? it's incredibly dark it's and no so... doubt uh, you know how many for many hundred years have passed the old Chinese whisper factory has added a few elements to it but even if the barest even if only one death occurred yeah with someone's fingernails look at this and like she, she, she had a thing for eyes as well and she also bit off the chunk oh no she bit off the cheek of some girl and then she forced the girl to eat it Oh. oh, like it's amazing the thing. She's not There's cool. The, that yeah, that's painting? the painting, isn't it? That's so horrific. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's obviously a painting like closer done, sort of in the time of. Is it? Or well, yeah. it's not fan art. It doesn't look like it. The thing about it is though, whereas <laughs> the fan art is like she's kind of like looks a bit like a kind of a sexy goth bitch there's on a, a corn like, album. Yeah, or something. there's some like Tim Burton esque well, fan corn. art over That's here. New metal, but but you know the people who were that powerful as well had fucking loads of enemies. So there is also another argument about how. You think she didn't do it? She may not have done any of it. And there's three hundred witnesses saying <laughs> that she did. Well, I mean. There, people were really poor. You could easily pay three hundred people if you could guarantee that they wouldn't see any retribution from the queen. There's absolutely shit ton on Tumblr. Oh, of course. For anyone who wants to go and it's enjoy not dark some enough. fan art, it's too light. This is too light. Yeah. Like she's a fucking. That Why don't you this here? This is too light. That's it's just a heavy flow. That's <laughs> that's just day two of a period. So okay. um, yeah, no, seriously. That, that what about that that deformed guy that she had though? Like, like isn't that strange too? What just having him there shouting stuff? Yeah, like her. She, she thought it was funny and kind of interesting to. God, anyway. It's... I'm not sure if she was now riding any of them, but there is a heavy suggestion that she sort of was. It seems to be very sexually motivated. Or yeah, exactly. Was it kind of 
Well, because like those kind of murders, it's kind of connected with sexual release, isn't it? Yes. Like, oh, here's somebody just reenacting the bloodbath for themselves oh on God. their Tumblr. Do you want to hear something else that happened? She, yeah, it's ridiculous. Some, just somebody, people are weird. Mm. She also made one of the servant girls put her two fingers either in another girl's mouth and keep pulling until she... No! no. Jen, stop it! Ripped her face stop. apart. Stop! Part okay. both sides like the Joker. Anyway. Anyway, anyone, that's That her. really reminds me, did you, did you... I had two younger brothers growing up. I still have them. They're still younger. But they both did... They both had really strange behaviours. Mikey, the youngest one now, and this explains a lot, as a child, if you picked him up, he'd grab your head and headbutt you. Like he would, he, as a baby, would hold your face and headbutt you in the nose. What? Yeah, and he's not the brightest. He's not the sharpest tool in the box now. Jesus, um, Cassie. And uh, Aaron, my other brother, he'd grab your two finger. He'd grab, if you annoyed him, because he was eight years younger than me and then nine years younger than my older brother, he'd grab his, your, the two fingers in one hand and two fingers in the other hand and just he'd pull them apart like that. He'd really quickly. I'm so sorry. But a clever little child. <laughs> leave no trace yeah just a really brief kind of little tug like Jesus. you're doing if anyone can see it's like you're doing that is that Star, the Star Wars Trek the Star sign. Trek thing Nanu Nanu no uh, well Nanu that's Mork and Mindy yeah it's oh. probably from Star Trek or Star Wars whatever when my mom listens to this and I'm finally ratting on Aaron as well that's what he used to do pull your fingers apart and be really sore nothing suspicious has happened since um, well, I still to him my like, this is a bit uh, of a no. come down now after Elizabeth <laughs> it just reminded me of that when she said with the pulling of the fingers in the mouth yeah oh. anyway what do we have Jesus I... anything else please so much gore oh. the things I've read that is just it's really on you as well I'm just like what I just can't believe it it's like really theatrical though very theatrical that's why I was totally Someone, disconnected I feel like it could if, if like Tim Burton and Baz Luhrmann came together it would make a really good musical totally like a teeny swad sod teeny teeny sweeny Todd sweeny Todd teeny swab I love tweeny sod it reminds me of a book I read called The Monk that was like banned when it was written in I think it was kind of medieval and it was like really torture it was like written or set in those times I don't know if it was written then it's so it's fucking set. bleak so mm. bleak but they had a real fascination and if you think with the as gore. well about the lack of hygiene and stuff no, I mean you were you dead at 40 anyway remember how disgusting everyone smelled as well the fucking <laughs> reek of that palace <laughs> yes oh Jesus I mean the clots alone oh fuck so much gloop oh, okay okay stop um, what do we want Midi? I okay would you want to hear a headline and you can choose? Do we have sort of a gore-free story? I'm um, Yeah, I'm free from gore. <laughs> I don't have details of gore. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay. My BuzzFeed headline is Lost at Sea? Question mark. Come on, that's not going to bring anyone in. You need a bit yeah. of... That's too general. Is it too soft? This is the story of Nathan Carter. Nathan Carmen. Carter <laughs> Twins. Just about to say. Amazing. <laughs> like, there was Nathan, definitely a headline in the wagon wheel play. Nathan Carter oh, murdered people. Um, no, neither did Nathan Carmen, right? Nathan was a massive animal. Carmen, 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 Car
He was a massive animal lover. Okay. Um, growing up in his, so we're in his kind of mid to late teens. Um, he's a real outdoorsy kind of guy. So when Nathan was young, he's diagnosed with Asperger's. Am I saying that right? Asperger's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he finds a lot of solace in spending time with animals and being outdoors. So anyone who knows him describes him as wearing almost exclusively outdoor wear. And his best As friend. opposed to <laughs> indoor wear. But like outdoor activity like wear, you know, coat. like. like, <laughs> like he, he wears utility gear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's always ready to go on a, like a hike, you know, like hiking wears boots. almost exclusively clothes. coats. The new, the new Kimberly Walsh regatta. <laughs> oh my God. No, no I feel not, like I'm made there. of that. It's been shoved down my face you so know, much it's this just, week. That, that, that's, that's his vibe, okay? Um, and he spends a lot of time with what it's described as his best friend, a horse called Cruz. Um, so the only person he claimed actually understood his life was his grandfather, um, which was lucky because his grandfather, John Chakolas, Chakolas, he's Greek. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. You did. I did, but I'm Seems not going to try and pronounce it again. Chakolas. 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 How do you, how, how do the Greeks talk? Who knows? Anyway. Papadas. Okay. Wait. Chakalos. Chakalos. So um, luckily for, for Nathan, anyway, his grandfather had made a small fortune in property and was able to finance any of his requirements or any special needs that Nathan might have. And it was his grandfather that bought him Cruz, the lovely big horse. So Chakalos had been a real estate developer and he was worth an estimated Forty-four million dollars. What year? We are in. We're we're. It's recent, so we're Newman. we're gonna we're gonna travel from about two thousand and ten to two thousand and sixteen. Um. So re, you know, <clears throat> only a couple of years ago. Um. Chocolos doted on his grandkids. His motto was that without family, you're nothing. Um, he was born to Greek immigrants in New Hampshire in 1926. He was a paratrooper in World War II and he was, had a reputation as a really tough guy and he used to volunteer for the most dangerous missions. He married his high school sweetheart, Rita, and they settled in Windsor, Connecticut, where they had four children, four daughters, and they lived in quite a modest yellow little house on a dead-end street. Um, which I think is the American way of saying... <laughs> Dead end street. Dead end street. People are dying on dead Um, end street. He didn't. He didn't spoil his kids when they were growing up. He preferred to donate his money to charities and and live quite uh, modestly with them. I'm guessing that obviously he didn't come from much, um, so he didn't uh, he didn't spoil them by any means. But they did eventually move to a much bigger house on 82 acres in New Hampshire, Um, but. They, it was just a, a two-story house. They lived there for like 50 years. I think, you know, 82 acres is obviously fucking huge, but like they have an interest in animals and all that kind of it stuff. Wasn't so like it wasn't like a lavish lifestyle. No, it's like a, it's a big ranch kind of thing. Hmm. Um, Nathan, meanwhile, grew up with his mother, Linda. So Lin- the mother's one of your man's daughters. Her, yes. Linda is one of, um, of John's daughters. Okay. And Linda had divorced her husband Clark when Nathan was young but they got on well it was quite amicable there is a lot of uh, chatter between Linda and Clark they're both you know co-parenting Nathan 
Linda and Nathan got on well when Nathan was young and they traveled a lot together to Greece, the Caribbean and uh, on an, a, one of those big camper trips through Alaska. Oh, so they deadly. had, yeah, they had an RV. I do that. I'd love to, right? And fishing trips. So Nathan is an avid fisher, loves fishing, loves being outside in the wilderness, loves hiking. So they did like a Canadian wilderness trip in the RV. Um, and, and they did a lot of like boating and canoeing and just real cool act- outdoor activities. Um, Linda was a really, describes a really nice woman. She was a volunteer in the community. Um, she spent a lot of time. They were connected with other families who had children with autism. She was an aide for them. By the time, um, but by the time Nathan got to high school, their relationship had become a little bit fraught because he has he's been described as having um, outbursts directed at Linda. So one time, he tr- threw a tray of burnt cookies at her when she was making him cookies and they were overcooked and he picked them up and he threw them at her and Mm. her boyfriend at the time said it's only a matter of time before he kills you in your sleep so she was the butt of all his rage that seems ominous yeah well I was gonna say you know a bit of an overreaction yeah, but uh, he's obviously, I think he's, he's like, there's another incident where it's Halloween and um, the neighbors call the police on Nathan because the kids are out trick or treating and he's giving out little Ziploc bags of fish guts because he's tricking, you know, but I think that that's, Literal. yeah, um, yeah, he's just kind he's of, he's just different. Yeah. And everybody's freaked out. Yeah. And he has, he has these, um. I think the outbursts directed at Linda are concerning and people witness it or whatever. And, mm. and, and um, it's uh, it's been noted throughout a lot of the reports I've read about him that uh, he, he was quite violent or just quite, I don't know. But Linda herself anyway wasn't perfect. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, I was going to say, so, she sounds kind of like a dick. Yeah, Shakula, Shakula. Wait, what are you basing that on? Don't know. She took him on those RV trips. But Shakula, the great grandfather... What? Jen Would you not love an RV trip? What, in a van? Like, Oh, I'd love to do an old van trip. You used to live in a van, Sophie. It's true. Did you love it? Loved it. Best years of my life. You have to be very Shit picky about who else was in the I van I did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's close. Close. Yeah, it's close. But you like, to be grand, like I wouldn't like do it with kids is what I mean, you know? Like I'd say that'd be really hard. Everything. Is hard with children, Cassie. <laughs> like just a quiet Sunday afternoon, In you'd fact, be amazed how hard that can be. <laughs> anyway, okay, go on. Um, so John provided a lot for his daughters, even into their adulthood. He paid for their expenses. He gave them an annual allowance into the ten, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, so Jesus, probably just like a deadly. nice salary from your dad. Just the casual salary for no job. But. Sometimes he used his wealth and his money as kind of a leverage, um, especially with Linda, because she was described by as being of his four daughters, the kind of hellraiser, the bit one, you know, bit mad. Um, so in the early 1990s, when Linda lived in California, when she was still married, he had offered to buy her and her husband, Clark, a Dunkin Donuts franchise if they moved home. But when they did move home, take him up in the Dunkin Donuts offer, because who wouldn't? He reneged on his offer and instead put them up in a house and just kind of kept a close eye on them. Right. But I guess it was just a little bit controlling of his money and their lives and all that kind of stuff. OK, but. 
Linda had her own problems. Boyfriends described her house as always looking like it had been hit by a tornado and she couldn't hold down a job. Um, one ex-boyfriend said that she was depressed and she liked to go to casinos um, and that she was a significant gambler. So... Well, she had the... The resources. Yeah. Not really, right? So sometimes she... Um, would go off for a day but there was one time that she went to Mississippi for at least a 10 day gambling trip and a close according to someone close to the family she had drained at least one trust fund that had been set up for Nathan with her gambling addiction so to prevent that from happening again Shakolad the father created a different trust fund and put Linda's youngest sister Valerie in charge of it so that trust fund was for Nathan so he doted on Nathan like he absolutely adored him but Things started to go downhill for Nathan in 2010 and he would have been about, he was 22 in 2016, so he's 16 in 2010. Uh, And Cruz dies, his horse, his best friend. So the loss of his pet, the central pillar of his support structure, uh, was something that just threw him over the edge. He was emotionally ill-equipped to deal with it. Um, his father said that the only friend he had was the horse uh, and that things are just bleak. just g- took a turn from there and Nathan started lashing out at school and he called his principal Satan um, and he called his principal's assistant like the assistant of Satan or something <laughs> <laughs> Basically, but it was a f- like it was a funnier lesser it was Satan. A, like yeah. but like Satan's still, subordinate. Yeah, it's actually still more maintained offensive. Satan's secretary. It still <laughs> maintained the relationship between like the principal and the secretary, and he had a funny phrase for like spawn or not like spawn, but second in command to Satan or something to that effect. Um. So Linda and Clark, because he was last out, it was quite a like a an instant where he had never lashed out at somebody like that other than. Um, other than Linda Linda and Clark decided that they needed to step in and do something about it so he was committed to Mount Sinai Rehabilitation Centre in Hartford um, where he got just really pissed off at Linda he just grew angry and angry at her because he, he believed it was his mother's fault that he was confined he didn't you know, he couldn't be outside um, but he spent hours with his grandparents John and Rita um, he brought him sweets, newspapers, and a radio. Oh, I just feel so sorry for him. I know. Yeah, that that started a war between Linda and her father for custody and control over Nathan. So John had just like just absolutely adored him. Kind of John has been has been described as well as just a very black and white person. So he uh, he appreciated Nathan's way of living. Like Nathan was regimented he liked his routine he you know he kind of he did what he liked and he didn't bother with anything else and that suited John but Linda was convinced that John had always wanted to gain control over her son because of their own kind of fraught relationship um and there was there was an incident where Linda and her father were fighting and he apparently punched her she pushed him something there was an altercation anyway. But Clark said that that Clark, who's Linda's ex-husband, said that that wasn't unusual, that they would often fight, sometimes get physical or whatever. Um, but 
with Nathan in the hospital or Nathan in the rehab center, him refusing to spend time with Linda and John and Rita, the grandparents having like unrestricted access, John kind of used it as leverage. Um, and in a message board online, she Linda was part of a like an online forum as support for for parents with children with autism. Um, she said his grandfather has insisted for 17 years that my son belongs to him and all his problems are the result of me, his mother. This man, his grandfather, is allowed to sit with him in the room behind closed doors, unmonitored <coughs> for five hours at a time. Um, so things seem to kind of improve when what is it it seems like an unusual interest in your grandson i don't like he might have been the oldest boy or something traditional like that there was just he just took a shine kind of like extra needs yeah yeah they had bonded yeah and like the the love of the outdoors and yeah and the grandfather had bought him Cruz and Cruz was his best friend he spent loads of time with him and Nathan was really good for going to visit his grandfather took an interest in kind of what he was doing and also I suppose um John would look at Linda and she couldn't fathom why her house was such a mess why she didn't have a job why you know she was gambling her money when he had made like a fortune but obviously worked his way up um and I think it was just I don't know he just he just you know complicated yeah yeah um so I think things started to improve when he came out of the rehab center. But he also kind of cock blocked Linda's progress. Oh, absolutely, yeah. In life, yeah. Like by bribing enabling her, to her come, but like bribing her to come her. back from California as well for the Dunkin' Donuts franchise, yeah. and then like not following through and kind of using. Yeah, it's described. I don't have any other instance, but like people describe as him just using his wealth as a leverage, which I think is yeah. just kind of quite a controlling thing to do. Um. There is some there were some reports that suggested that John himself probably was on the autism spectrum and hadn't been diagnosed and might explain his his behavior and why he connected or why he felt aligned to Nathan. Um, So Nathan had kind of refused to live with his mother in the house and wanted to move out when he was in his late teens, but she allowed him instead to move into the RV in their driveway. So they had this RV from other trips. He didn't want to live in the house with his mother, but he was quite happy to just kind of have half little independence and stay in the RV. And that seemed to be okay. Again, like the house, the RV is described as being an absolute like rack room and being in total state. At some points, neighbors um, described to the police that they can just hear like wild noises coming from the RV at night. And it sounds like he's just in there beating shit up with a baseball bat. Um, but he doesn't come out like he doesn't. What age is he now? He's in his late teens. So he it's in 2010. He's about 16. Um, yeah. So it's in, um, yeah, it's when he's like 16, 17, he's in the RV in 2011. He's 17. He's about, you know, they're getting concerned about what's going to happen when he turns 18 because he'll be legally an adult. So Linda and Clark take drastic action and they sign guardianship over to a behavioral correction camp. Now, those kind of mad military training behavioral correction camps seem to be like frequently used in the States for, you know, juvenile offenders and stuff like that. But for someone who is as rigid 
had and, and, and needs a routine like someone who has Asperger's Disaster. it's been described as being incredibly difficult for them to be part of that and especially when you you know you see incidents of them in reports and they you know they part of the discipline is to shout at people and mm, give out all and the like, sensory stuff yeah just torture yeah and especially if there was if if it's illogical that they're getting in trouble you know yeah um but anyway things seemed to be okay for him there um he days before he was to turn 18 he actually started classes at central connecticut university so he's obviously spent maybe close to a year at this correctional facility um he moved out of the rv and into a cousin's house he began helping his grandfather with his business um the grandfather chocola paid for nathan to move into his own apartment um, they discussed plans for Nathan to then move to New Hampshire and live full time with grandfather's weekend mansion. Um, and it just seemed like he was doing well. Nathan oh, switched his cope with where license place over going. to New Hampshire. So like things seemed to be picking up for him. Um, but and that, that continued for like two years. As he's going to college, he's doing his classes. He's spending lots of time with his grandfather. He has his own places. He's getting set up. His grandfather sets up a joint account for the two of them and that it gives him access to like $400,000 at one stage. Um, but like he's not out there blowing. He's not He's not a social creature, you know. He's just doing stuff. In the reports, the, there's a great um, piece. A lot of this is coming from a couple of different pieces, but there's a great piece in the New York um the new york magazine and the reporter says that they couldn't find someone who had spoken to him for longer than two minutes so like he's not right communicating with anybody yeah yeah what's he doing with the money i mean is he doing anything he's like going on his little adventures at one stage he buys a boat we'll get to that so in the fall of 2013 another big incident happens that kind of sets his life off weirdly and that his grandmother Rita dies of lung cancer and she's 84 but John Nathan's grandfather Linda's father falls into a depression at the loss of his wife Rita um one of one of John's friends told the reporter that he just didn't want to live anymore without Rita he was just heartbroken um and then on 8:30 a.m. on Friday the December 20th less than a month after Rita's death John's eldest daughter Elaine went to check on her check, check in on her father and she found him dead in his bed shot three times in the head and back suicide <gasps> no there was no <laughs> head and back joke <laughs> there was no sign of forced entry nothing had been stolen and the murderer had taken care to pick up any bullet shell casings from the ground hmm. no evidence nothing at the crime scene According to the police, Nathan no, had been no, the, nothing taken, no, nothing taken, no nothing thievery. stolen. No. Um, according to the the police, Nathan was the last person to see his grandfather alive. Um, they'd had dinner the night before, but Nathan was unable to account for his whereabouts later that evening. Linda told investigators that she and Nathan had been scheduled to drive to Rhode Island to go fishing at three a.m. They'd obviously drive and then go in the okay. early hours in the morning, because this doesn't seem unusual. Um, she waited for her son in her car at the time they were supposed to meet halfway between Windsor and Middleton but he never showed up but then at 4 o'clock 4am he called to say that he was there waiting for her so she went back and they went fishing Um, 
as police were investigating the crime scene, the two of them were out fishing. Whoa. Sorry, they knew he so, was dead. Yeah, no. No, they wouldn't have known that he was dead at this stage. Okay. Who's, who? Do you remember the oh, older the sister? sister the older yeah, sister. Right. But unless she's, I mean, presumably she's calling them. Like, maybe. Although even. she's found, sorry, they're gone off fishing at 3 a.m. and it's 8.30. It's five and a half hours later when okay. he's discovered. But they're out fishing for mm. the morning. So it's possible that Elaine couldn't get through them, right? Um, the investigation around John's death surfaced like a family of just crazy secrets. Um, there was at least 11 people of interest in his killing. Because he was so wealthy. Because he was so wealthy, right? Linda was obviously considered a suspect because of her gambling addiction, because of her previous... There had been... Um, th- in that incident where she had apparently pushed him or he'd punched her or whatever there was that altercation there had been charges pressed but they were later dropped by who shakula dropped them so he had she was charged with assault on an elderly person and then he insisted on them being dropped and her gambling habit kind of pointed fingers at her and the fact that like her sisters she would inherit absolute millions if her father were to pass away and her mother had recently died as well. Um, but then also John Shackless's longtime bookkeeper had skimmed more than nearly half a million from his books, um, a crime for which he was then sentenced to three and a half years in prison. So, uh, and while Nathan was actually considered a suspect for a little while, there wasn't enough evidence to convict him. His family didn't suspect him and they actually, because he had been the last person to see him alive and because back at uh, Nathan's apartment they found a gun cabinet now the two guns they found at the time didn't match the murder weapon but then they later found that he had purchased an assault rifle that did match but when they asked him where it was they couldn't find it he said he'd lost it they were like where the fuck is it did you leave it like the the quote from the police is did you leave it at, at a Dunkin Donuts like he couldn't he couldn't remember he said he didn't remember buying it and that he had lost Maybe it. his granddad said, I wish I were dead. And Nathan thought, okay. But. He knew enough then to lie to the police. Though. But would he have known enough to clean up the crime scene? Yeah. I mean, he was functioning. He lived alone, even if it was in a caravan. Would you not think that something like that, like in it, given that there's been two instances, his grandmother's death and his horse's death have really set him off emotionally. Do you not think that then murdering his grandfather would be would push him over the edge, given that his grandfather is the person he's closest to as well in the entire world? What if his grandfather and he has asked him to? Anyway, the 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 murder was never solved. Solved. So things continue on for um for Nathan, right? His. Uh, yeah, his 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 aunts hired the defense lawyer for him out of his um out of his trust fund, but like there's no evidence there, and police don't don't push forward prosecuting him. I think there's just so many people. Well, you can't be charged without evidence, isn't that there's, right? Yeah, there's isn't no like evidence. A, there's no murder weapon. There's whether. no there's no real motive for Nathan because I guess he's being so well supported by his grandfather, and he has access right. to money anyway. That. It's not like he's... There's nothing that his grandfather won't buy him. Who? How many siblings? 
So the has John daughters. has four daughters. Okay. What about it? Linda is a suspect. Okay. But there's just no, no evidence to convict anybody. Um, so that was in 2013. In 2015, um, they do all inherit the money, like. And Nathan goes and he purchases uh, a 31-foot da- big sailboat thing, which he calls chicken pox. Um, he bought it from a metal worker in Massachusetts. It had been like retrofitted, had done, been done up. It had like a stainless steel deck and a pilot house. He bought tuna fishing gear from a fisherman um, who describes speaking to him and talking to him for about an hour while he was doing... Sorry, this is... Yeah, this is the one person who was speaking to him for about an hour, but they were talking about fishing. Like, he didn't know him. He was a stranger to him. Um, But your man who sold him the fishing gear later described that he just didn't know enough about fishing. He wasn't experienced enough to have a rig that big or to go that far out. Okay. Um, On his own, like, especially. Yeah, to go off into this place called the Canyons. Um, But he said he had no one to teach him. But Nathan loves an old tinker on the boat. Like he does things to it. He has it parked in the docks. He's obviously got like access to everything that he could want for it. Um, And he's really enthusiastic with it, right? So... He's getting older. He's 22 in 2016. And he's getting on better with his mother. So they decide to go off onto a fishing trip on chicken pox on the big boat. Um, Linda texts a friend on... It's a Saturday. And Linda texts his friend to, to say that she's going off. And if she doesn't hear from her the next day by 12 o'clock to just try and get in touch or whatever. Which is a common thing to do when you're going off on a fishing trip. You have to do... It's your float plan. You have to let someone know where you're going, what time they should expect you back. And if they're not to, if if they don't hear from you within this time to alert, um, alert somebody. So they was they set out uh sail, uh off Narragansett Bay, which is just part of Rhode Island, um past beach houses, past the lobster shacks, um, they reached the edge of an inlet and they went through a narrow beachway into open water. The boat had a three hundred horsepower engine. And they set off, um, getting quite far away from Rhode Island. Um, By Sunday evening, the friend had not heard from Linda or Nathan. And she alerted the Coast Guard. Ships, helicopters, planes immediately sent out to look for them. There's an 82,000 square miles of ocean that they're looking at. Not a sign of them. They're around the docks, nothing. Like usually if a boat crashes or something happens, there's a bit of a wreckage, something will wash up. the tides and the currents. So yeah. they'd be like, okay, everything ends up here. So Something will wash up. Someone will see something. There'll nothing. be some sign. And also this was a, a state of the art boat. The GPS tracking on it. It had every, if something had started happening on the boat, it had all of the capabilities of setting off Warning. You set off a warning. You go into the, the pilot house or whatever it's called. What? And set off warnings or set off an alert. There had been none of that. And nothing had been spotted. Um, Everyone wondered what had happened. Had it collided with some sort of like... Iceberg. 
thing. Yeah, had, but had some had it collided with anything in the in the sea? Had there been some sort of failure? Squid, had it had there been a massive? Squid. Yeah, had there been a massive? <laughs> just pulled it under. Just wave big or something. Um, but people who had seen the boat before it left said that it was in good shape and it was well equipped with an emergency transmitter that could have sent a distress signal and location directly to the Coast Guard. So how had it vanished without a trace? Five days after their disappearance, the Coast Guard called off their search, said if the chicken pox had gone down, the window of survivability in the North Atlantic had, even in the <coughs> relatively warm month of September, had well closed. There was no way that they were going to have survived being in the sea for five days. Then the following Sunday, a crew member was walking along the deck of the Orient Lucky, another big hulking freighter um, boat, 115 miles of South Martha's Vineyard. And he spotted a red raft in the water off the ship's bow and standing in the middle of the raft, waving his arms, ready to catch the crew's attention was Nathan. Um, So it was a life raft on a life raft that would have been on his boat on his own, on his own. So Nathan's story goes that he would, they were out sailing and he heard a noise in the engine and he opened up the engine thing and it was full of water and the boat started going down and they, he, he instructed his mother to kind of pull in the tuna fishing lines um, because they would have been a danger or whatever. And before he knew it, the ship had, the boat had gone down. He clambered into the raft. The raft would have automatically inflated once it hit the water. It was at the top of this pilot station that had been in, inserted. It's not looking good, Nathan. So the raft would have automatically inflated and he um, he climbed into it. He said he spent ages whistling, calling out for his mother, but he couldn't, couldn't find her, couldn't see her. Oh, guys, he killed them both. Now... If his mother had he died, he stood to inherit her, her her and whatever fortune, his granddad, which left was him. yeah, it was something like an additional seven million dollars or something. But again, no evidence, no evidence, no body, no wreckage. His father Clark insists that there's no way he would have killed his killed his mother, and most surprisingly, survivors who have been on shipwrecks said. That there is no way he would have just been floating at sea and looked the way he did for seven days. That he seemed pretty unscathed, grand, but nobody. But where, would he, where would he have been? But there's loads of theories like? that he had an additional boat, that he killed his mother, sank the boat, sank the chicken box, got on another boat, went off, hit at the coast. Also, the day he was found, he was found within the search area. He was found within that 82,000 mile search. That they initially were. Yeah, so there's no, they just think there's no way they would have missed him within the first five days. Where would the other boat have been? That's it, there's no... Like they can't more... Yeah, like and he would have had a compass boat. on the other exactly. boat. Yeah, so there's there's just Well, what no about answers. if he had, this was the plan, there was no other boat, but he had packed accordingly. So he had enough rations. He had yeah, but it's the way he looked. Like considering he would have been out at sea, so he didn't he look weathered right. or yeah, sunburned. Yeah, he wasn't. Su- he wasn't suffering from hypothermia or dehydration. Right, that's so, like, strange. Yeah, he was. And if he, even if he had, he would have had to pack the boat. That's up. complicated, though, isn't it? I mean, so anyway, um, 
they couldn't they didn't have the police didn't have enough evidence no body no boat no wreckage no again no massive real motive like to kill his mother well, so they couldn't like press charges Nathan's not very money minded though but ma- what we don't know anything about Nathan really so um, we spoke to nobody except that his interests seem to lie in like you know the outdoors well like not you know not stuff that requires a lot of money well I suppose a 30 foot yacht yeah you need the money but he did want but independence like, and he did want to be away from his mum mm, and he was away from her but like in an RV in her front garden nah sure he was long out of the RV no he was yeah. long out of the RV this is yeah this is years so later ha- does it mention so what their relationship was like before this but had it, it had been fraught it but like it could have been a case where it was fraught before he went to the correctional facility and it it seems like the grandfather made it fraught you know but um, it's they, it sounded like they were getting on much better like why would Linda have agreed to go on the trip but we can we we cannot just ignore the uh, the money motive for both of the kids. Yeah, but like, is it a motive? Because he yes. had access to so much money anyway. Like they had already inherited the money. Another theory is that, um, obviously life insurance policies and all that kind of stuff is that Linda's in on it, and Linda is actually off living somewhere, and they have inherited additional money because she would have blown through whatever she inherited yeah. in the first two years mm. because of her gambling addiction. So there's that. Because I just, I don't think that he would be... I like that for a theory. Yeah. Or what so, does the husband think? Or uh, Nathan's father? Nathan's father thinks that there's no way that he would have... Um, Killed her. Yeah. Does he think there's a way she would have faked her own death? Um, it's a tall order to ask Nathan to sort of carry along with it, though. What does he gain? <laughs> Do you know? Well, a cut, I guess. So yeah. with no, basically when there was no, there's not enough evidence to. Here, just fake kill me, okay? No problem. Yeah. But, but don't worry, your body will never show up. You're gravy. <laughs> it is kind of risky. Yeah. But like if he didn't have maybe anything to do with it, he's the most unlucky person in the world. Yeah, and maybe he suspected Linda of killing the grandfather and then it was his revenge. Maybe if he didn't that, kill the grandfather that actually makes sense but anyway oh, the remaining maritime mystery I know they're really hard to solve yeah. um, the remaining aunts then because there wasn't enough evidence to push forward with a, a trial or charges of murder um, they, fla- they filed what's called a slayer action against Nathan which is like a um, a civil case where the burden of proof is a lot lower and it's basically to um they don't have to prove that he intentionally murdered um his mother but they have to suggest that he was irresponsible enough to cause her death and the slayer action then uh prevents him from inheriting any money from his actions or his wrongdoing so that's what they're trying to do but that case is just um that case came to a close today which is so coincidental because I did not know that (laughs) that is not what I started it um that basically I think he's 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 gone off like that any faults there were of the boat were hidden and concealed and that he did not know um he did not know about them and therefore that he was not responsible and is allowed to inherit yeah I'm pretty sure He's dead in here. Um, I mean, I'm just on. I'm just rooting for Nathan. Well, like from the whole get go, I'm like on his side. Yeah. I don't even know why 
God. If he killed your one at sea, I'm like, oh, he's dastardly. Do we know? Which is fucking terrible. What, is, what does his life look like now? Where is he? Um, well, he's probably celebrating today, like. But like on his own. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. He lives in a big <laughs> house. Celebrating today. Uh, oh, yeah. Look, he's completely off. Oh, he was not hypothermic. He had dry clothes. He was not wet when they found him in the raft. Anyway. He was geez. in a fucking raft. Yeah, but like you'd, you'd get a bit wet, like the water be splashing everywhere. Like it was like he just got on. No, I think it was just he just said he had dry clothes with him. It was grand. And he's just like changing his clothes and doing his bits, but keeping himself dry. Um, he lives in a big house now in near Martha's Vineyard, I think. But he doesn't socialize with people. And he bought a massive, he bought a huge house and then he stuck a two story extension on the top of it apparently it's an eyesore we will never know the truth oh my god the neighbours must be absolutely pissed about the two story yeah the eyesore I wonder (laughs) if they objected to that planning could they have been kind of folded it into the slayer case (laughs) (laughs) whoa Uh, Cassie now he's forever called Nathan Carter in my head but what's his name Nathan Carmen Carmen I need to see this house and the boat I like real estate and I like, ooh, so that's so not the boat I was picturing. Oh, fuck, I wrote Nathan Carter. What's his name again? Carmen. Carmen. I thought the boat was going to be a teensy bit more fancy. Salubrious. But he's, you know, that he's is, not. If anyone needs a kind of a, a visual, it's like basically the exact boat that they went to kill Jaws in at the yeah. end of Jaws. Yeah, yeah, Chanel's that's boat. it. And this, yeah, because yeah, the metal worker he bought it off had kind of retrofitted and, and fit this um, weird sort of... The pilot cabin. Yeah. Yeah. To it, which is It quite does like, now make me think, oh shit, that could go down really fast. Now, here's a picture of him getting out of the rescue boat. Hair looks moist. Moist, give us a look. Hey, you know, he looks shaken. He's a real handsome I mean, looking guy. He is handsome, yeah. Yeah, they describe him. And he's uh, very well off now. Oh, yes. And <laughs> I'd be just a little bit cautious, though, if you wanted to approach him. But, like, he's uh, he's also only 24. Jesus. Now. No, 24, 25, you know. An unfortunate series of events. Anyway, that's it. That's my story. You're welcome. Cassie, if I hadn't said I didn't do my homework, you wouldn't have known. You are one of those people who says I didn't study at all for this exam, and then and then you got six hundred and ninety points in my Yeah, that's a lie. I didn't. Would I? Do you think that I would have a a, a, indie podcast studio if I had gotten six hundred points in my leaving search? I don't know. I tell you what. No, look, Nathan Carmen single. That's all I'm saying. Look, I think this extension on the top of the house isn't an eyesore, frankly, at all. They're full of shit. Like, it's weird, but like, whatever. It's totally unsymmetrical. Who designed that? (laughs) It is so weird. Windows 98. (laughs) Oh my God, it is a Windows 98. There are so many fucking tiny windows all over this house. What do you got for so? Let me see. Headline. Um... That's so much time to think of this. You're looking at me as if I can help you. Help, I can't. Help me, Jen. Is it survival based? Um. Okay. Mm. Why don't you give us a brief synopsis and we'll 
attempt. <laughs> Although you sat here being critical. I sat of here being critical. I know. Oh my god. And the level of homework, Sophie. I can't believe that. I I think it was just rude. Fexy. And then you pumped out that g- lovely. Can you even tell the point where I where I went off the cuff? No. Exactly. Did you? Yeah. I hadn't. I only had half of that written. Oh, it was seamless, Cassie. Thank you. Completely seamless. Um. Okay. Can I just go into the story? Yeah, come on, forget it. Dub in a headline later when I've got We'll something. think of one I mean, as you're telling it. Very clever. We'll probably lose patrons over it, Sophie, but go ahead. <laughs> um, okay. It's 2005. And what a time to be and alive. What a time to be alive. April. And actually, it's a very fucking exciting time to be alive for our friends, Jenny and John. Who haven't we come across a load of creepy Jennies and Johns? I mean, they're the worst. Sinead's and Sean's Asquelga. Anyone's interested? <laughs> um, <laughs> some other pod reference. Sorry, I know. always seem so familiar. Anyway, Jenny and John were so excited because they were getting married. Yay! So it was an exciting time for to, for them to be alive. April, two thousand and five. Um, so on the Tuesday, so they were getting married on the Saturday and on the Tuesday that week, uh, Jenny, who is, um, an avid runner, does marathons, very sporty, very healthy, you know, works out much like myself and um, probably enjoys a protein bar as do I. Um, <laughs> Jen's like, I'm tolerating this only because I want to know. Go. So anyway, she goes for a jog and um, that evening and... She does a fairly, uh, like, kind of a regular route um, that would be a part of her routine, kind of, like, around the neighborhood where they live in Georgia. And um, when she doesn't come back at half ten that night, and she left at about eight, John gets worried. Then another hour goes by, kind of getting more and more concerned. Eventually reports are missing to police. And like now she left like it's just such an ordinary evening really in their lives. Like she just left like she doesn't have her wallet, keys, phone, like like nothing. Like she's just in her running gear, like, you know. And um, so immediately the next day um, they launch like a 250 person strong search for Jenny. And um, they have just people combing Duluth uh, where they live the city in Georgia where they live and uh, you know the family is immediately kind of like putting out their own flyers she's 32 she's attractive she's got dark hair you know her face is plastered all over the state pretty soon um, they're making kind of TV appeals and it's obviously all made so much more poignant because obviously she was just about to get married mm-hmm. to her sweetheart, John. Mm. Um, they found in the initial days of the search <clears throat> a couple of bits and bobs that they were like mm. uneasy about. So 
They found some jogging clothes that weren't exact matches for her stuff, but, you know, they felt like things kind he, of witness testimony he can he be described unreliable. her wearing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of close a match to what yeah. John had described her wearing. And um, they found a sweater um, kind of like in a kind of little wooded area off a kind of a you oh, know, road. Oh, sorry. Okay. And then they found hair that matched the description of her hair. Mm. Now, they didn't have DNA match on that um, when they initially found it, but they felt like it was very, very close to Jenny's hair. And like they a said... Cl- a that clump it, Well, no. Strikingly, it wasn't a clump as though it had been pulled out, but it had actually been... Snipped. Sh- snipped. Ooh. Yeah. Which... I think the police kind of intended to be comforting for the family to hear. Not comforting. But I think it's just even more sinister almost. Yes. Like. No, it's like a setup. No, it's so, um, so creepy. I don't know. It's creepy. I kind of immediately thought like, it's is it it's for mailing to them? <laughs> or is it like, is it one like, of the trophies? Or is it exactly one of those kind of creeps with the hair in jars or something I don't know anyway they found this hair and they felt confident it was Jenny's um, but there was still no sign of Jenny and they were like you know widening the search the family had put up um, a reward of a hundred thousand wow. um, you know by three days later that was kind of um, that was out there in the public domain and the uh, police department had uh, teamed up with the FBI and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation and declared it officially a criminal case. Now, they'd also found like some what could have been murder weapons. What do you mean what could have been murder weapons? Well, that's why it was just like purported murder weapons is what is reported. So, I mean, I don't think it's anything as obvious as a knife or a gun, but it seems like they may have found... Like a slingshot. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if Dennis the Menace was on the loose, you know. Um, I I think maybe rocks and um, sticks and things like that. But are they not in a forest? Because like, that's (laughs) to be expected. Maybe like really well-shaped rocks and sticks. Yeah. It had a kind of an... Maybe a natural Like a little hand on it. And when it was just shaped (laughs) like a gun. (laughs) So anyway, um, obviously, everyone immediately started to John wonder about John. Why? Though? And just how in love these because it's always the husband or the fiance. It's always someone close to the family. It's always somebody close. Well, genuinely, statistically speaking, I think it's like your your likelihood of being murdered by your actual spouse is well over sixty percent. I think. It's terrifying. Okay, no, I, I feel like I feel like you just plucked that because what you're saying there is the likelihood. Just to reiterate, none of us are actuaries. The, the <laughs> percentage actuaries, actuaries tonight because they deal with these percentages and probabilities. You're saying that you're sixty percent likely to be murdered by your spouse. I mean, actually, the claim I made was well over sixty percent, but actually, it's fifty-five percent in Southeast Asia. And forty percent in the African region, and it's thirty-eight percent of Americans. So thirty-eight percent of those murdered are killed by a spouse. You are not 
38% likely to be murdered by your spouse is Look, just are you not impressed with just how quickly I whipped up those stats? I think that if your homework had been Google done sufficiently My likely to be murdered by a shark. Google was quibbling that sharks aren't capable of murder. Um, well, also, I think that the quite famous case of Scott Peterson, um, who had been convicted of murdering his... Uh, his wife Lacey do you remember this case it was it was re- quite re- like uh, it was still kind of in recent memory in 2005 he was arrested in 2003 it was a huge case and um, so I think that like they definitely were just looking straight at John and uh, what you look like you find a fun fact no no keep going so anyway John um, basically immediately lawyered up the family had a spokesperson who said that the families were standing with John and they just couldn't believe that he would do anything to harm Jenny and that John now this is certainly odd just happened to have already taken a lie detector test what that had proven that how, he how had soon, nothing to do with that? Jenny's disappearance how soon we're talking like about within three days, all so of this he just, is happening. Of his this own is still accord. the week of the wedding. Wait, this okay. is the Thursday of the wedding week. In defense of John, yes, he would have got the impression very early on that he was a suspect in her disappearance. Yeah, after they kind of, after the search turned up nothing, or when they found the hair and the sweater, and he started to, and sweat. he was like, "Okay, fuck." Yeah, you can't blame him. It's still. Odd. If he went to her family, it's not were the like, actions of an innocent person. Well, you'd think you'd just be too up the walls to be thinking that way. You're right. Yeah, carry on. You're like, okay, I just need to schedule in a quick polygraph. Just clear my name, even though nobody said anything yet. <laughs> like it's a bit like kind of preemptive, isn't it? But anyway, the police said that his polygraph wouldn't be admissible in court, and that they, like, they were like, well, this is odd. We need to perform the polygraph, love. Yeah. We're not just taking your polygraph. Um, and then John was like all up the walls about not wanting to take the police polygraph. And then he and his lawyers came back with a whole host of them. Um, Cassie's just reading the fucking sorry, case on uh, her sorry, phone. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm not. I'm listening. I'm <laughs> listening. Grand. Um, and then John and his lawyers insisted that like if you were to take the polygraph test now, there'd be certain, uh, you know, demands that they would want met, including not taking it in a police station. They wanted it to be like in a neutral space, whatever that Polygraph is. is just bullshit anyway. Well, I suppose in 2005, it may have been like less, there might have been less debunking of it yet. But yeah, like agreed. But, and he also wanted it filmed, the okay. polygraph. So he's obviously just a fucking highly paranoid. I think we can agree. Yeah. Still no sign of her. No more stuff. No more stuff had turned up. And like, but is he just nothing. tiny parent or is he easy? Is he considerate that he's like, if I take myself off to polygraph and it's planned and I'm in control, then it's less likely because a polygraph is inadmissible in court as well because it's based off like your reactions hmm. and the theory is that if is you're nervous, you're lying. In some states, it may be. You can As use it, Otherwise, why would they do it? Yeah, I think it's they might old... have been back in 2005 in Georgia, potentially thinking they were going to use this polygraph in one way or another. 
Um, anyway, the family were holding vigils as the proposed wedding day approached. I can tell you a little something about the wedding. They were expecting 600 guests. What? That is large. That's a lot of friends. <laughs> they also had 14 bridesmaids were and they, 14 groomsmen. Were they really well off? No, they were normal. Well, this wasn't normal, but apparently they seemed reasonably normal. Just your average. Just your That's average. Just a country wedding. Just <laughs> 14 bridesmaids. I mean, imagine like they didn't have WhatsApp groups back then, but imagine the Chaos. WhatsApp group of fourteen bridesmaids. Chaos. Chaos. I don't think I have any WhatsApp groups that have fourteen people in them. <laughs> um, oh, she's oh the the senior infants parents WhatsApp group is easily easily forty people in it. Okay, so. On the night before the wedding was supposed to have taken place, the Friday night, Jenny's dad made a plea on live television mm-hmm. um, for his daughter's captors to bring Jenny home safely. They probably captors probably went in and was probably like, "Here's a rich bitch. I'm gonna I'm gonna kidnap her for a ransom because she's got having this big she's wedding. She's having an insane mega. In wedding. fairness, if they just gave her gave the the captors the cost of the wedding, it probably would be a small fortune. Well, I'd say now deposits have been paid. Like I know for a fact that they decided to hold the vigil, um, in the wedding venue the next day. <sighs> Jesus. Kind of dark. Well, no, well, waste not, whatnot. And it was. Jennifer. It Come was, on. That makes sense. I mean. The salmon's already been paid I, for. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a carb heavy buffet that needs eating. And sh- everyone who was invited to the wedding, I should hope. Should hope is attending the vigil. Also, the um, vigil is presided know. over by the priest who was going to perform the nuptials. He's oh. used to funerals and marriage. Doesn't mean anything to him. Yeah. So. Um, on the day after the would have been wedding, John Mason receives a call. It is Jenny. What? What? Confused. Right. Um, she just didn't frantic. want to get married. She just didn't want to get married. Ah, she just didn't want to. Cassie. She faked it all. She cut her own hair. She left in the fire. She said, here are some. This pair. Here are some no, potential Cass. murder weapons. This pair. Here's love. A attention. They invited 600 fucking people to their wedding. They had that many Only bridesmaids. Well, hang, were on now, hang on, right. She's in fucking Albuquerque in New Mexico in a 7-Eleven on a payphone. Wild and frantic ringing Mad. John to tell all right, him. All right. Faking. To tell him that I'm Second alive. Second theory. I'm okay. Hen party got way out. <laughs> <of that. Yeah. laughs> She's ringing him from a payphone in Carrick and Shannon. Oh, Carrick. <laughs> Is a heady. She can't town. remember how she got there. You'd lose the head. But she's there. having a great time. <laughs> they're about Meanwhile, to go, the fourteen bridesmaids are all bitching about the three hundred quid dress that yeah. they shelled out for, and no wedding. <laughs> well, you could use the Jenny's about to, <laughs> a little strange to arrive. Jenny's all. about to go on the Myrtle River cruise and just have a great. Time. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? So anyway, she basically was like, "I'm just calling you, like, to tell you I'm okay. I've just been released." And immediately calls 911. Released. Straight after. Yeah. So basically, Jenny was jogging and she was attacked and kidnapped by 
a Hispanic man and a Caucasian woman in their 40s in a blue van. Um, when she was asked if she knew what direction her captors went after they captured her in Georgia, she said she had no idea. I don't even know where I am right now. So this is when she was speaking Can to Can I just Google a picture of her? Will that wreck it? Uh, it well, do, don't. Wait. Okay, okay. Wait, because there's something fun about the picture and okay. I just want you to get oh. a nice... I want you to get a nice jolt from it. She's wearing a veil. I'll just check our, <laughs> uh, our and a, patron. And a little, L, a little L plate. Can you just all stop side googling I didn't sit here side googling when you two were down go on man. you we're did you were practicing we're your one I wasn't I didn't even have a fucking headline I was too invested in your ones <laughs> politely enjoying them come on anyway so she um, told the police in horrific detail about her ordeal at the hands of the Hispanic man and the Caucasian woman in their 40s okay where she he had assaulted her raped her then she had been forced to perform sexual acts on the woman and they kept her for the whole week, basically, and then turfed her out at a 7-Eleven. It's called cuckolding, I think. Jan. No. No. Do you know what that is? Yeah, but it's like... No. I don't think when you That's force... That's not even someone... what cuckolding is. Cuckolding is a woman... Is, is when... Is a is couple... It's taken when... man... And then the husband or the partner watches the man, watches the man, his wife, yeah, or partner. This Sorry, you're right. Not, it's not. This is not. Look, I'm just just a conversation. <laughs> I didn't cook no, her. Oh, there's no need to bring up cook holding. Happily, we both knew what that was. <laughs> I recently found that. I'm out. reading a book about it. Obviously, are you? Yeah, it's in one of the books I'm reading. Okay, what happened next? So anyway, the family were. So Delighted. relieved. Oh my God, a miracle has occurred. They obviously Car- profusely thanked the 200 person strong search party. Where were the other 400? The FBI, the GBI, the local police in Georgia, everyone. Um, for, you know, their dedication to the case over the last six days. Um, now, when the FBI pressed just a little bit harder with Jenny she did admit that she had not been abducted but actually had run away from her own wedding runaway bride oh my god (laughs) said it to you knew it (laughs) but how what explains his suspicious behaviour well there's theory about that actually because when John learned that Jenny had literally gone to the (laughs) fullest extent of avoidance and faked her own kidnapping and sexual assault to avoid marrying him in front of their nearest and dearest God. 600 friends. I'd say nearest and dearest 100 and 500 clinger on. So. <laughs> Who well, has 600 nearest and dearest? Who I couldn't, like, not I hope couldn't, and hell. I don't know the names of 600 people, but John apparently took it in his stride as the Rev said, he's like a good Christian man, took Jenny back and their relationship survived. In all her court appearances, they put forward a united front. She's still wearing the engagement ring. Despite she, the mass jilting she is just some perpetrated. Kind of bullshit. That's a bit more than a jilting, that's fraud. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, she's gonna say that she had some kind of pre wedding psychosis. Well, 
Okay, that's another theory and it does tie into, would you like to see yeah. a picture of Jenny? Before yeah. or after? Mm, this is kind of like just before. Before she got abducted. Well, this was a picture they were putting on <laughs> Jen's face. Wow. Her eyes are real wide <laughs> open. You can see all of the whites <laughs> all the way around her eyes. She looks her eyes. I mean, a she's little an unwell. Woman. No, she's on the edge. So um, look how at her. about this one? Even fucking worse. I mean, no amount of fringe can cover it. When she's getting booked, the so crazy. she's holding the. Uh, you know. Why are her eyes like that? Is no, that we're not face shaming her. She's just. She just has the widest open eye gaze I've ever seen. Well, Doctor Sanjay Gupta speculated that she was actually suffering from extreme stress and Graves' disease. So what be that now? Um, this is now it must be said a doctor who's never treated Jenny or doesn't know her. Look, but from he those was on shots. a TV show and he was like, you know, her. I have a theory. I think she was suffering from Graves' disease, which is basically what you get if you have an overactive thyroid. And apparently, one of the signs is this wild look in your eyes. <laughs> Super would, wi- and, wide open interestingly, eyes. Interestingly. Extreme stress and acute anxiety is also symptoms of Graves' disease. I'd say we're all suffering from Graves' disease. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it was... What happened then? Potentially, like, medically bonkers behaviour. But eh, people were not convinced. So basically, the real story of what Jenny had done was she left the house to go jogging She'd previously withdrawn $40 from her checking account, which is like not exactly a sum that's going to draw any attention. No. Got on a Greyhound bus and went to Vegas. Cassie was right. And then... Single hen party for one, please. Hen for one. And then after Vegas, she went down to Albuquerque, New Mexico... And like the second that her $40 ran out. I would say pretty quickly. She just got hungry and tired and rang John. And she was gone for days. Yeah. And concocted this cockamamie tale of Hispanic man, Caucasian woman, not quite cuckolding situation. Cut hair. She cut the hair. She cut her hair, left it in a bush with a It's kind of hard to do. As you're saying, like, at what point the story in her head went from, like, I'm just running the fuck away from this 600-person wedding into, and I'm going to concoct a seriously, seriously sinister cover-up. Because the cutting hair seems like she kind of knew it before she'd left Duluth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, the $40 suggests that she wasn't fucking planning anything with any great fucking expertise yeah yeah so she had wasted an estimated 40 to 60 thousand dollars worth of police uh, resources in her fake kidnapping and she was charged um with making false statements and obviously and oh yeah that's the other thing she had described the kidnappers in like serious detail suspects suspects the suspects and it transpired she'd based them on a lovely couple she'd gotten chatting to on the bus to Vegas Mm. which is quite shit behaviour 
So were people like arrested and questioned? Absolutely not. All right, like okay. her lying spree was very, it was relatively short compared with her actual, you know. Disappearance. Kidnapping. But like one look like, at her. I think they face. basically, she she told them the whole story and then they kind of said something like, and are you sure? And she then immediately was like, it's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. It would have been more like, it's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. Gassy holding her eyes. <laughs> So just. she actually got off on the charges, which she had been kind of like, you know, at risk of maybe spending up to five years in prison or three, mm. I think three. But there's some loophole where like that for some reason at that moment in time in Georgia, if you were a first offender with a federal charge, you could kind of get a little sort of bit like the first time buyer's tax exemption. You like if you're if it's your first go around. You're yeah, grand. sure we'll let you off on that one. I think the fact no. that they remained together. It transpired, though, that she'd already had a little first time buyer's exemption back in the 90s when she had um, been charged with grand larceny for stealing thousands of dollars worth to of pay for her wedding. <laughs> no, no, this is a fair while. This was years before in the 90s. Um, but there's a means that she got the first time buyer's exemption then. So then because she hadn't been charged that time with the federal charge, she had she counted as being a first time buyer again. What? It's very unfair. And I know I'm using a strange metaphor that won't make a fucking bit of sense to anyone who hasn't tried to buy a house yet. But look, it was a kind of a get out of jail free card. She managed to kind of spin it twice. Uh, it's just madness. And so are they still together? The so, shockingly, the uh, engagement didn't actually survive the court proceedings, pretty much. Um, by October of the following year, Jenny was suing John. Why? For half a million dollars. Because? Claiming that um, he had brokered a book deal for them. Um in the aftermath of the whole media circus and then he'd bought himself a house and not shared any of the proceeds of the book deal with her and so she was suing him for half of what uh, she felt was rightfully hers plus some punitive damages well I'd agree with that (laughs) oh it always comes back to money come on without her there was no story true yes but also I think he has been he deserves a little something. He deserves a little He's a weird guy, Cassie. Well, do you remember what you were saying about why the polygraph test? Yeah. Why yeah, all yeah. that weirdness? Some people speculate that he was in on it. Yeah, it sounds a lot like that. And that he want, didn't want to take this polygraph test that the police were offering because they'd say, do you know anything about her disappearance? I think... But then, like, I mean... This is an att- never- uh, whoring attention scheme. Well, and now they, have they reality TV certainly show. got that. They literally have everything but the reality TV show. It's crazy. So they, um, a manufacturer of action figures called Hero Builders rushed to produce a Jenny doll in the wake of the media circus. So that Jenny doll basically um, was wearing a jogging suit and a T-shirt <laughs> That said Vegas, baby. (laughs) And it came um, with a a little small striped towel, which was a little replica of the towel that she'd put over her head when she was in police custody in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So like the first kind of glimpses anyone got of Jenny was the towel. And then later, the crazy eyes. 
Um, she also inspired a hot sauce called Jennifer's Hot-Tailing Hot Sauce. Um, there was an auction on eBay of a slice of toast carved with the likeness of Jenny. Wow. And the winning bid was $15,400. Oh my God. Dollary dues. That's ridiculous. This is my fave. Two years after the whole incident, the Albuquerque Police Department used it as a means of attracting new recruits to their police force. So they used the image of a bride in a white wedding dress and veil being apprehended by a police officer. And they posted on a billboard um, with the tagline, running away from your current job? (laughs) Call APD recruiting. That's very (laughs) clever. Very, very clever. Um, they, They produced a musical. Based on the story, which opened at the Red Clay Theatre in Duluth, Georgia in 2008. <laughs> Shall I go it's on? It's so American. I'm no it's so American. There is so much But did they benefit from any of that? No, not really. And like really the kind of most recent sort of news of Jenny is that she declared bankruptcy in 2009. Oh. Which kind of feels like karmic retribution she never like she didn't really pay back much of her you know the Mm. fines or anything like that John you'll be happy to hear found love Um, and Jenny found love too proclaiming on Facebook in 2010 everybody needs someone to love I'm so glad I have that someone Um, but we've never heard from um, the new love and I don't know if they're married. I think, I feel it would have been reported yeah. if Jenny was getting married again. It's really put me in the mood to go and watch Runaway Bride. Oh my God. Now, Runaway Bride was made before mm-hmm. this ah. case. Because I actually thought, oh my God, is this what the case is based on or something? But do you know what's really interesting? And I feel like it deserves like an extensive separate creep. But this story got me um, reading about a thing called missing white woman syndrome. Have you ever heard of it? No. So it's a phrase that's said to have been coined by an American journalist called Gwen Ifill, um, who is one of the first um, African-American women to host a national um, U.S. public affairs program. Hmm. And she it's basically... A, a kind of an exploration of the kind of media coverage of the cases of missing young white upper middle class women and girls and how those cases are dealt with in the media, how they generate more a hysteria on like just a whole other mad level. And it's it's a really interesting area of Creeping. inquiry and I would like to read more about it. Her face will stay with me forever. For a long yeah. time. Yeah. Even much longer after she has run away. <laughs> well, thank Excuse you, me. Sophie. <laughs> thank you. Another quality, quality street creep. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for coming along and listening. You can catch us at The Creep Dive on Insta, at Dive Creep on Twitter. Uh, follow us. Please give us some money so we can keep doing what we're doing at the Patreon forward slash The Creep Dive. You've got this is your last chance called by tickets from Cork because it's on next Sunday. Next week's episode will be the live recording from Cork. Please Woo! come see us in person. 
and bye. Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.